Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Yes. Pray to God that that would be more than just a song. Somebody here would say yes to the will and the way of God. You know, it's not always easy. But I do tell you tonight, walking in the presence of God and the will of God is the most exciting and fulfilling life that you could ever live. In the center of God's will and God's plan for your life. You know... When you are living in the will of God, you will not live with regrets. You will not live your life looking back and saying, what if? What if I would have obeyed? What if I would have done right? What if I wouldn't have been so selfish? But if we will live in the will of God, I tell you, it is a wonderful life to live. I want to open up our Bibles tonight to the book of Hebrews once again. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, familiar scripture we're going to read tonight, but I want to use this as a, as a launching point, and I'm praying that God would speak to us and remind us tonight of what He has called us to be. You know, the, uh, this pandemic has changed a lot of things in our culture, and now thankfully we are beginning to come back to some kind of normal but one of, the, one of the victims of the pandemic has been the loss of team sports. How many have been uh, uh, saddened to not be able to participate in team sports the way that we have in the past? Team sports, listen, from a young age, uh, I loved being involved in sports. I still do to this day. I know that I don't have the body to be, <laughs> to be in sports, but I do, I love uh, playing basketball, I love shooting the ball, I love uh, playing football, throwing the, uh, throwing, throwing the frisbee back and forth, I love physical activity, and uh, one of the special things about the human race is that for as long as there have been human beings, there's also been team sports. Going all the way back to the Olympics of ancient Greece, there have always been teams battling it out, different sports, of course, along the years, different ways of playing, but always sports has been part of human civilization. How many enjoy watching and playing sports? Of course you do. And it is sad to me that the pandemic has taken a hit on so much of the sports world. One of the things that is interesting to me is what fans of certain particular teams are willing to do uh, to, show the, to show their support. Some of the greatest fans in the world are those of the Green Bay Packers, the Cheeseheads as they are known. There was a story that happened in 2012 uh, when a tremendous snowstorm threatened to postpone the NFC Championship game between the Packers and the visiting Giants 
in 2012. It dumped a ton of snow, and of course, they don't have a dome. It's an open field there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And uh, they, instead of postponing the game, the Green Bay community rallied together. They all got their hand shovels and said they volunteered to go down a Lambeau field in time for Sunday's game. And t- 1,250 people showed to help out that day. Can you imagine? 1,200 people came with snow shovels in hand to go dig out their field just to watch their team. Unfortunately, they could only take 400. They had to turn away. Would to God that we'd have people that showed even a, a, a fraction of that kind of support for the kingdom of God, for the church of Jesus Christ. Sad to say that that game, they, they dug out their field and Well, the Giants came in and uh, took the Packers to the woodshed and beat them 37-20. to But clearly, they still supported their team. This was amazing to me to, to consider how much those people who are fans of their team, how to what great lengths they are willing to go to support their favorite team. Tonight, I want to ask you, if you would possibly support the kingdom of God and the church at least as much as you support your favorite team. Because this is the team that's going to outlast any championship. It's going to be more important in a thousand years, in ten thousand years. Nobody's going to remember who won the Super Bowl. But in ten thousand years, we're still going to be part of the team of Jesus Christ. And that's why in Hebrews chapter 12, we get such a powerful calling that we need to be reminded of tonight. Let's read it together. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run. Everybody say, run! Run. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus. I'm praying tonight that you would help us, God, that you would speak to us. God, convict us. Oh, God, that you would find people in this place who care more about your kingdom than we do about our sports team. And God, we thank you for all that you are going to do, Lord, in the future, your people, your church, and your kingdom. And we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, Amen. Let me ask you this question, which is the title of my message tonight. Whose fan are you? Whose fan are you? The truth is, you are going to be a fan of somebody. And sports is truly one of the largest pastimes in the world. Billions and billions of dollars are spent on sporting events and sports-related items. The Super Bowl and the World Series and the NBA Championship and all of the uh, the 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 world the uh, the championships that are played and uh, and won they attract worldwide interest and even most Christians would say that sports is a very important thing in our lives. Now I'm not here tonight to uh, to make you feel bad about being a fan of a certain team. I simply want to ask you tonight to compare the devotion that you have for your team 
to the devotion that we are supposed to have to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think if we look at sports fans and what they do and how they support their teams, we can have a great lesson of what we as believers ought to be doing in our lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what the word fan means, don't you? The word fan is not just uh, something that rotates and blows the air across your room. It is the short version of the word fanatic. And so if you are the team that was formerly known as the Redskins fan, that means you were fanatic about following that team. There are some people here who are Patriots fans, some Bills fans. Uh, I, uh, I enjoy basketball, so I'm a, I'm a Suns fan. And what are, what are we saying when we say that I'm a fan of a certain team? It means I'm a fanatic. What does the word fanatic mean? You look this up in the dictionary. It says, one who is unreasonably enthusiastic or overly zealous, going beyond what is reasonable. <laughs> and isn't that the truth? of what fans do, that a good fan of a team, a good fanatic, doesn't, I mean, yes, they're, they're, they're uh, invested in if their team is going to win or lose, but how many know if you're a true fan, you're not a bellwether fan, you're not, you're not uh, just, just a fan when the team is winning, but a true fan, doesn't matter if they win or lose, you're still going to be a fanatic. See, that's unreasonable. That doesn't make a lot of sense, but just because that my team has these special colors and has this special icon on their jersey, well, that means I'm going to stick with them. Unreasonably enthusiastic or overly zealous. Would to God there would be somebody who would show enthusiasm and zeal for what is happening in the house of God. Enthusiasm and zeal for the prayer room. Enthusiasm and zeal for righteousness and living right. Enthusiasm and zeal for winning people for Jesus. There's a fine line. Many times we are unrestrained in our zeal toward a sport, a pastime, a hobby, or our care and concern for entertainment. This is not just sports fans, but how I many know you can be fans of other things? You can be a fan of a uh, certain music group or a, a, a performance on Broadway or, you know, people are fans of so many different things. But the problem is that we fall so short of the devotion, zeal, and enthusiasm. Do you know what the word enthusiasm means? The Greek a root of that word is en theos. Theos is the Latin root for the word God. To be enthusiastic about something means to be filled with the, the Spirit of God. Only God's people should truly be enthusiastic and zealous. And oftentimes, we are, our zeal and our enthusiasm is outshone by the zeal of people who are fanatics for their team so let's look at five things tonight that we could learn from sports fans christians in this place 
that if we put these things into our lives, into our devotion to Jesus, that we would walk out of this place uh, being more faithful to the kingdom of God. Number one, sports fans are faithful. They're faithful, as I mentioned. Whether the team wins or loses, a real fan is going to stick with their team. They're going to identify with their team. In fact, if you have a favorite team, you probably have hats. You probably have shirts. You probably have socks. You probably have underwear with the logo of your team. You probably have shoes. Listen, uh, I have a, a customer, one of our computer customers. And, uh, and I was amazed that this is, a, this is a pair of sisters who had the idea several years ago that they, one of their favorite things was buying shoes. You know, apparently women like to buy nice shoes. And so they, they're also, at the same time, they were huge NFL fans. And they went to their local NFL shop and they discovered that, yeah, there was many uh, nice shoes there, but they didn't have any fine high heels that they could buy. So these sisters got an idea. What if we made high heel shoes that sported the logos of NFL teams? That idea took off like a rocket. They got licensing promotions, and they're right here in Virginia Beach, right down the street. They've got a warehouse, and every month they are, they are uh, manufacturing these shoes and boots and all kinds of different female uh, 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 footwear, and uh, they are sending those shoes every day from their warehouse to NFL shops around the country. They're making millions and millions of dollars. They sell one pair of high heel shoes with, with a Buffalo Bills logo on them. And, uh, and uh, maybe, Patrick, you should look into those. Uh, would be very, very cute. And, <laughs> and they have been highly successful with simply putting the right color and the right logo on an item of clothing. And... If you're a true fan, you don't mind being different from the rest. You don't mind standing out from the crowd. If you wear your favorite team, even if you go to a rival city, especially if you go to the rival city, you put the hat on, the shirt on, you say, what you going to do? Right? The rival city, the rival team, it's like you're excited to represent. Some fans, super fans, when they die, they've asked their relatives to bury them in a jersey with their favorite player or their favorite team. What did Jesus say to his people? Acts 1 verse 8, You shall be my witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. God convict you tonight. If you're more excited to wear your team jersey then you are to represent the Lord Jesus Christ in your workplace. If you are ashamed of Jesus and proud to wear your sports team, something wrong with that picture. Sports fans are faithful. They don't conform to the world around them. They're not shy. They're not ashamed. Didn't Paul say, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel which has saved me and set me free. If you would be half as bold about your Christ, about your Lord and your Savior as you are about your team, then we could win this world for Jesus. Okay, I'm going to preach tonight. That's, that's, That's only point one. Point number two, sports fans are spenders. They don't hold back. 
How much is a ticket to a Super Bowl game? Anybody know the latest price? At least $1,000. That's for the nosebleed seats. But guess what? Every single Super Bowl sold out, even during COVID. Those... They'll spend for their team. Uh, there are some super fans who will follow their team from city to city for the entire season. I don't know how you get enough money to do that. But they're willing to pay. I'll pay any price to see my team win or lose. Oh, believers. Every year during the Christmas holidays, there is a New Year's game. There's a Christmas Sunday morning game, right? This is in the NBA, also in the NFL. And guess what? People will skip their family holiday traditions. They will skip their, their church commitments if their team is anywhere within a 500-mile radius. Their, their reward is not a trip to Disneyland. It's not, a, it's not a 401k deposit. No, I will spend as much as I need to to get a reservation for my team. No sacrifice is too great. Have you seen the picture of the guys out there in the, in the cold Wisconsin winter who are uh, looking quite portly, painted completely in yellow and green from top to bottom? That is a fanatic. That is unreasonable. That is enthusiasm and zeal. For what? I know that there is, yes, it's a good thing to have a passion for your team. I'm going to talk about the benefits of that in just a moment. But for what? What is the goal? Okay, your team, your team wins the championship. Do you get any kind of satisfaction? You get joy for 24 hours, and then guess what? The next season's coming up. And in a 1,000 years, in 10,000 years, will it matter? Why is pastor always preaching on money? Doesn't he get enough out of us already? Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Paul spoke to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians 8, 7. 
He said, see that you abound in this grace of generosity. The gift of giving. What would you spend for the things that you are passionate about, that you are enthusiastic about? I was amazed. My, my, my boss came to me in, in the last couple of days and he's got, his, his wife is doing something with these, this, uh, this beauty products. She's like this member or dealer for some beauty products. And, and so he says to me, hey, Adam, um, does your wife buy beauty products? I said, yeah, doesn't every wife do that? And he says, well, my, my wife is trying to get to this certain level, this certain promotion. And, and so he says, what I want you to do is go onto her link. I'll send you the link. Go on there and uh, buy at least $250 of beauty products. And I'll pay you back so that his, his wife can get to the promotion and she's going to get some reward. Who knows what that is? But I'm looking at these products, right? It's like $60 for a jar of cream that big. And you know what? There's people who pay it. The only reason we paid for it, because we were getting reimbursed. Thank you, Jesus. Good boss. But there are people who will put money on the line for the things that you really care about. Isn't that true? There's no price too high for your monthly uh, visit to the nice restaurant. And yet, why is it that we, when we come to the house of God, we become, all of a sudden, we become Dave Ramsey. Oh, sorry, my budget, Pastor. It's okay. You've got to have a budget. I'm not denigrating the budget. Don't get mad at me, Dave. We should have a budget. But I'm saying, why do, we, why do we hold back in the house of God when we give so liberally and generously when it comes to our own well-being, feeding our own belly? We should abound in giving. The things that we love, we give to. If you love your team, then no price is too high. If you love your band, you're going to go see that concert. doesn't matter the price. I was looking at some music tickets for the amphitheater this summer. I was trying to, uh, to, just to see what the prices would be. You know, starting prices at the amphitheater. You want to go see a music show at the, at the amphitheater right down the road. You know what starting price to sit on the grass is? 75 bucks. And they fill that thing up. Why is pastor always asking for more money? Okay, we'll move on. Number three, sports fans are tireless. They don't rest. They'll continue to support their team. They'll travel for hours. They'll go from one road game to the next. The, the college teams, especially it seems, that they'll take their entire club on the road. They'll, they'll uh, raise money, little leagues, We'll, we'll do fundraisers, selling candy, uh, selling all kinds of you know, Girl Scout cookies to raise money. They will be faithful. They are tireless in their works. More than that, emotionally attached to what they're doing. Now examine the church. Now examine your own life when it comes to doing something for God. Most of the time, if we're doing something for God, we're doing it begrudgingly. Just because I have to. Because if I don't, pastor will get mad at me. I mean, no, that's the wrong reason. We ought to be like the sports team. Fanatics. Tireless in our efforts. Continuing to do what's right. 
Romans 6.22, but now being made free from sin, become servants to God. Have your fruit of holiness and in the end, everlasting life. You know, Jesus saved us to have life and life more abundantly. That the life of the believer is not some ho-hum, begrudging, difficult, dreary, depressing, oh, it's so hard, oh, just to, just to read my Bible. No. This life is a good life. And your worst day as a believer, you're still on your way to heaven. You're still washed by the blood of Jesus. Galatians 5.13, brethren, you have been called unto liberty. You've been called to a high calling, a wonderful purpose, a life of meaning and truth. This is a good life, y'all. Our good works ought to be the testimony of our changed life and how the Spirit of God is living in our hearts. James, the brother of Jesus, makes this point. He says, don't tell me about how much faith you have if you're not doing anything good for God. Faith without works is... Let me, let, let's try that again. Faith without works is... Dead. What does it profit, my brethren? James 2.14 If someone says he has faith, but does not have the works, can faith alone save him? The obvious answer to that question is no. <laughs> if your faith does not produce good works, then it's not real faith. Even the demons believe. Man. Okay, we're almost done. Number four. Sports fans, they are absolutely loyal. Say the word loyal. What does that mean? They don't switch. They don't waver. They're not bandwagon fans. They're not rainy day fans. If you enjoy sports of all, you know about bandwagon fans. I, I tend to be kind of a bandwagon fan. Because I don't follow, you know, the NFL all that much. And so uh, I'll only start getting interested, you know, when the, when the playoffs start. And then basically right there, that's when I'll pick my favorite team. But people who are real NFL fans, man, they hate bandwagon fans like me. That you're just, you're just along for the ride, man. But true fanatics, they are loyal. Whether your team has only won two games or has won the whole season, you've been there from the beginning, you'll be there till the end. Once you become a fanatic, the bond is for life, if you're a true fan. Win, lose, sink or swim. They're your team and you're going to follow them through the highs and the lows. What about believers? What about when life takes a turn unexpected? What about when we don't see what we want to see in life? What about when the will of God is taking us to a place that we didn't want to go? Are we still faithful to our Savior the same way you're faithful to your team or your coach or your players? Philippians 3, verse 10, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, when Jesus saved you, He didn't just save you into a team. He didn't just save you to put you in a, in a 
church building to sit in a blue chair. No, we are saved to be part of the body of Christ, the family of God. You are adopted in. And Christ is going to be faithful and loyal to you. Will you be loyal to Him? Will you stay with Him even when life deals you an unexpected hand? Even when things don't turn out right? Even when people don't do what you think they should do? Even when you're disappointed? Even when you fail? Will you still be loyal? Or will you give up? Finally, sports fans, they are passionate. They are passionate. Enthusiasm and zeal is a distinguishing characteristic of the sports fan. It's not uncommon for the winning team at the end of the game. We saw it at the Super Bowl this year, didn't we? We saw tears flowing because of the exuberance because of all of the hard work that has gone in, because of all of the emotion and the passion and, and, uh, and the remaining true to their team, and the tears will flow both for the winners and the losers. Our hearts and our emotions get wrapped up. You're watching the game and there's only seconds left, and guess what? The, the score is close. And you're on the edge of your seat. You're all in. There's no distraction that can pull you away. And to the last moment, to the final buzzer, you are believing, you are expecting your team. Hail Mary, last second. And you're involved. Oh, beloved, if we would be half as passionate in our prayer life, if we would be half as passionate about winning souls, if we would be half as passionate about supporting our local congregation, if we would be half as passionate about world evangelism and winning lost, we'd win the world for Jesus. Most of the Bible, more than half in my estimation, is simply this message. Don't give up. Keep going when it's hard. Don't lose heart. Jesus, He looked at His disciples after He had given a sermon that wasn't very popular. You remember that story? John chapter 6? He preached a message after He had given out all of the, uh, all of the fish sandwiches and people came back because they were hungry. Not because they wanted to hear what Jesus had to say, but because they wanted another handout. And Jesus preached a message to them that they didn't want to hear. And so the Bible says that many departed from Jesus that day. In John chapter 6. Many departed. People are walking away because they didn't like what Jesus had to say on that day. He turns around to His disciples and He looks at them and He says, Are you going to leave also? Are you going to walk away too? It was when they heard the hard sayings. It was when they needed to be corrected. What about you? When you need correction, when you need a hard word from the Lord, does that mean you walk away? Thank God for Peter, who spoke up in that moment moment and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. 
You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know what that means? Peter had some enthusiasm. He understood Jesus is more than just another teacher. More than just another religious experience. There ought to be no going back to our old lives. No going back to the former things. We ought to put off what, was, what once was and we ought to go on toward perfection. That's why we chose this Scripture in Hebrews chapter 12. Brethren, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. So let us now lay aside the weights, the snares, the sins, the things that are holding you back. Let me ask you tonight, what's holding you back? What is stopping you from fulfilling your vow to the Word of God? To the Lord and Savior of your life? What is holding you back? What is ensnaring you? What is trapping you? What weight is holding you down? Let us lay aside the weight. Let us get rid of the snares and the traps. And let us run with endurance this race. Let's be fans. Let's be passionate and excited. So many Christians lose sight of how good He really has been toward us. Can I remind you of how good He has been to you? How patient He's been with you? Can I remind you that even when we sing that song, even when I turn my back on you, it's a nice happy song with very depressing lyrics. In wickedness and lies, suppress your truth. Man, but we did that. And he was still patient toward you. He still was loving toward you. He still shed his blood toward you. His mercies, which are new every morning. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Psalm 103.2, his benefits, they don't give up. Sports fans, they're passionate. I read this article as we close. That being a a sports fan is actually good for your mental health. This is interesting. Studies show that rabid sports fans have higher self-esteem, less depressed, less alienated, and less lonely. One psychology professor, a leading expert on fan behavior, has compiled a list of 24 benefits of social well-being that come with identifying with a sports team. In a sense, being a fan of your favorite team serves the same purpose as church and family. It fosters the sense of belonging. I belong to a cause that is greater than myself. That is a healthy thing to have in life. The problem is that if your team is the only community that you belong to, that is a fleeting, vapid, and and something that is running away from you. May I submit to you tonight that the family you should be a part of is the family of God. May I remind you that the community that you can be a part of is right here in this place. We are not united by the colors of a jersey. We are not united by uh, uh, famous sports players. We are not just united by the, the, the city where the team plays. 
We are united by the King of kings and the Lord of lords who has rescued us, redeemed us, and adopted us into His family. That's exciting, y'all. And if you're not excited about it, something's wrong with you. There's a lot of things that good sports fans can teach us Christians if we just be open to it. It can teach us how to be faithful. Don't conform to the world around us. Teach us not to be ashamed or shy about our devotion. Teach us to spend on the things that we care about, no matter the cost. You know how much a hot dog costs at a ball game? Ten bucks for a hot dog. Moving forward. Sports fan can teach us. They don't rest. They'll travel. Sports fans are loyal. They don't switch. They don't lose heart. They don't dump their team. They're passionate. To the end of the game, to the end of the season, they won't give up. They know how to celebrate. I got this article from 2016, Friday. November 4th was the seventh largest gathering in human history. The crowd was the largest ever recorded in the Western Hemisphere. They estimated a crowd of 5 million people. For what? A revival meeting? Nope. You know what it was? November 4th, 2016 was the celebration in Chicago, Illinois after the Cubbies won the World Series for the first time in 100 plus years. And 5 million people showed up the seventh largest gathering in human history. They dyed the river blue that day for a team. What are they cheering for? A bunch of sweaty guys with a bear on their shirt who just happened to be on the same team at the same year and got the, got the, got the lucky swings at the right times and caught the right balls at the right and they beat the right teams at the right moments. And five million people found community and meaning and purpose together. Don't we have something greater than that? Don't you have something greater than a championship that is exciting for a moment and then passes away? Don't you have something to live for tonight? Whose fan are you going to be? I don't know about you, but I am sold out to Jesus Christ. I will follow Him. This is more than just a song to me. We will go to the ends of the earth. If He says go, we'll go. And if He says stay, we'll stay. What about you? Whose fan will you, be, will you be? You'll be a fanatic for somebody. You'll either be a fan of yourself, your will, your own purposes, your own plans, or you'll be a fan of fanatic for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.